Welcome back to the Weird Science Marvel Comics Podcast and X-Men episode and episode 262 as I'm going to be going through Hellions number eight. And before I do that, though, let me tell you where you can find us. Go over to Twitter at WS Marvel Comics. And if you follow us, we'll follow you right on back. Go over to our website, WeirdScienceMarvelComics.com. You go to our website, I'll follow you back. I don't know what that means. And you can also go over to our Patreon account, patreon.com slash weird science to support us for the stuff that we do here on the regular feed, but get much, much more, including each week a Patreon only spotlight where two books are picked by the bad asses of the Get Fresh Crew. Beep boop. And it looks like we're going to get the Maestro War and Pax episode issue on that and also the new Iron Fist book this week. So if you want to hear those, Probably me and Brandon talking about those. You'll have to sign up over there at the Patreon. And as an aside, I have started doing more videos on our YouTube channel, the Weird Science Comics channel. All these links will be in the show notes here. But, yeah, I've been doing a bunch more videos, usually just video reviews, some new stuff. And the podcast itself is going to be up there as well as an aside for some people who don't like podcast but somehow want to listen to podcasts on youtube i don't get it i don't get that youtube game fully yet so we'll see we'll see if i can tame that wild beast right i doubt it but we're going to talk about hellions now and it's hellions number eight and if you are playing the at home version of the weird science game you'll realize that i'm a little behind and a little behind that's nice of you to say also I am skipping X Factor, and I'm skipping X Factor probably forever. I'm going to pretend it doesn't even exist. And the reason is I, I don't even know how to talk about that book. There's a lot of people saying a lot of words to each other every panel of the pages. It's very tough for me to talk about because I'm not that invested in the team, as I always say. If you're not aware, I'm not a lifelong X-Men fan. And so a lot of the characters on that team are not anything that I'm that you know, knowledgeable or invested into. And I think that me talking about it doesn't do the book itself or the team any bit of service. I don't like talking about it. And I'm sure that people who really would love the book would hate to hear me talk about it and poop all over their favorite book. So if you enjoyed that book, continue on enjoying it. If you don't like it, you probably dropped it yourself. So there you go. Drop it, drop it like it's hot. As they say, Back in the day, but we're here to talk about a book that I have enjoyed Not as much as some people One of those people is is Ruben Ruben actually really enjoys this Hellions book But didn't enjoy this issue as much And it's something that I was worried about even before Ten of Swords Now Ten of Swords kind of gave this book, in my mind, a little reprieve Because you ended up having some pretty good issues of it And I'm not saying the issues before were bad What I'm saying is this book Seems to be kind of off on its own deal, doing its thing. You know, you end up having the whole Madeline Pryor havoc. 
you know, Mr. Sinister's orphan, all that stuff going on, which was fun, but it did seem kind of on its own. So then when you end up going into Ten of Swords, oh my God, Mr. Sinister, he is shining. I, I like this team. Again, as opposed to the X Factor team, I didn't know a lot of these characters going into this book, but reading it, Zeb Wells has made me a fan. Made me a big fan of some of the characters like Grey Crow and even Nanny, an orphan maker who will eventually get back and sometime soon. But really what I am enjoying is this kind of Suicide Squad-esque team here where they go out. Well, I I laugh because it is like a Suicide Squad, but what are you going to do to keep them in line? Because if they die, they can be resurrected. So you can't use brain bombs or anything like that. And you just go with the idea, well, they're mutants, so they're not going to run away or anything. But what I really like is the idea because they are able to be resurrected, you don't have that big a stakes. But what you end up doing is Seb Wells has almost running jokes starting here where Empath is just going to die every time they leave Krakoa. And he's eventually going to get sick of this. But we have that in here. Again, uh, a book that I... I think this is an okay issue. It just and the aside and what I was trying to get to before is that it gets back to kind of being its own little thing and it doesn't feel as important as some. Ruben said he thought that this was gonna be, oh my god, they're gonna do all this other things, a menth stuff and all that, but it's getting back to what it was before, which I was afraid of, but I, I kinda like this issue. It's written by Zeb Wells, art by Steven Segovia, colors by David Coriel. Letters and production by VCs Ariana Mayer, I think, does a way better job at production than letters, even though the lettering's pretty good, too. Here is the synopsis recap with a, a an issue called New Friends, Old Enemies. Good news. There's some good news, bad news. You like the good news, bad news? I'm one of those that when they say I have good news and I have bad news, I just say, just give me the bad news. I don't even need the good news because that never, ever pans out for me. Just give me more of that bad news. Good news. Nanny, Wild Child, and Orphan Maker were successfully resurrected after their deaths in Araka. Bad news. Without a specialized armor containment suit, Orphan Maker's mutant powers threaten the safety of the world. Good news. Nanny has the tools to build a new suit on board her ship. All right. Bad news. Nanny's ship has been repossessed by the anti-mutant group The Right, led by Cameron Hodge. Good news. The Hellions are on a mission to retrieve it. All right. Bad news. The Hellions are on a mission to retrieve it. Again, bad news for Ruben, who wanted something a little bigger. I thought that this issue had a lot of humor. You end up having Cameron Hodge, who's just anti-mutant scum. Uh, you even get the deal. If you don't know about Cameron Hodge, they kind of give you a teeny bit or enough of a background. Hey, Hodge, you ended up dying, came back from a demon, and not one of them sexy ones. Not one of them sexy ones that was in like the Deities and Demigods manual back in the day. From D&D, the succubus, but yeah, a a nonsense demon, like, you know, one of them brimstone demons, but they're going and and he is doing his preaching as he will while he is there with his pretty much mutant hating robots who call them scum and all this. And, And the humor of this is this idea where these robots who hate the mutants because of their prime directive that is listed in there by Hodge 
are starting to think for themselves. They're starting to get their own thinking AI. They're starting to even at points being able to like take breaks and shut off Hodge's nonsense so they can just, you know, sit back and I don't know. Smoke robot cigarettes, uh, you know, out on the quad. I don't know what they do. Skateboard, play hacky sack, maybe. That's what people did in the quad when I went to college. That's all I'd hear. Like, hey, you want to play hacky sack out on the quad? Like, I don't even know what this quad thing is you're talking about. But no, I don't want to play hacky sack. I don't need to waste my time on nonsense. So you have these robots and they're all there. Hodge starts talking his anti-mutant, you know, preachings. And you end up having the now laser-focused, since resurrected, wild child and nanny. They are not up for any nonsense themselves. They're not going to go play hacky sack on the quad. They just zip past. They zip past Hodge and these robots there. And it's funny to me because the idea that this isn't how the game is usually played. You know, so they don't even get blasted. Nothing happens except Hodge is like, What's going on? This isn't how it works. It says, yo, you get back here. I'm preaching. They don't need that. They just run through and get out of there to go get Nanny's ship. And it just makes me laugh that they just, boom, they take off. Well, Hodge, he's not going to be so kind uh, with the other mutants, Havoc, Psylocke, Greycrow, and Empath, where he just says, "Let, let me bless all of you mutants with the blessing of sacrificial death. Go get them, robots. And so through this issue, it's a funny issue because of the literal literal nature of these robots. And even almost playing off like a monkey paw type deal where you have to be very, very careful how you order them around. Because, again, they take things literally. They start computing. There's a lot of does not compute, does not compute. And so while they're doing this and attacking the rest of the team, you know, it's mutants versus these robots. The robots are calling them mutant scum, all that while Nanny and Wild Child do get to Nanny's ship, end up taking out a couple robots to get in there. And those are the ones they end up shutting down the Hodge AI hive mind type deal so that they can just kind of relax a little. It, It gets very tiring to think some mutants are mutant scum all the time. It's nice to be able to shut that off, you know, occasionally. Don't bring your work home is what I'm saying. And you end up where they go into the ship. Nanny's like, oh, my God, look at it. It's so great. It rocks. And they go in, and Nanny seems to see something that is real interesting to her. We don't see it yet. We see by the end. But while that's going on, it's just full-out battle. And you end up having... Hodge setting up these robots with some things going on that can even stop the mutants' abilities, collars, all these things with that where Havoc can't just blast away. Kind of feels like an artificial way to extend this issue and extend it because you want these robots to live. The way this is set up, Zeb Wells needs the robots to live for these little asides, some jokes and things. But when this fight starts out, And you have all of them lining up. And almost like the dialogue of, okay, these are robots. These are scumbag robots. Uh, They don't, we can just kill them, right? Okay, this is going to be great. Empath is talking. He just takes off. He's like, all right, I'm out of here. He runs away. They're like, come back. I mean, why, why are you running? Well, while the fight's going on, and like I said, you end up having Wild Child and Nanny be able to get to the ship, they end up where a robot has caught Empath. And this is where the issue 
goes up in my mind. And and I actually have a lot of fun with this, especially just with Empath, who gets brought back with this one robot and says, uh, you know, Hodge, mind, request, urgent. I have caught the one they call Empath. And, and then you end up having Empath is like, yeah, it took you like 10 of you to get me. I really put up a fight. Negative. We got him without incident. It's just funny and plops him down. They just went and picked them up. I mean, it's empath and empath in a way that's not really spelled out here, but kind of twists and turns the idea that empath really can't do much against robots. That's why he ran. His ability is to control minds and things. And a robot does not have that. So he took off the robot, got him without incident, because what is he going to do and brings him? So you end up there where you have a really good, scene that does turn and twist here to have a big twist by the end that Hodge is like oh my god look at you you're just nothing a poor empath laying here you know it's good that they dropped you down there stay on your knees like you should you know you should be down there you should be worshiping me while I say the word you know tell the truth about you mutants and empath Starts to power up because he's he's going to stop. He's going to end up stopping Hodge. He can't, though. And it's not because Hodge claims, oh, well, you can't read my mind or, or control me because I have been blessed. I've been blessed by my father to protect me and all this stuff going on. And an empath starts laughing. Now, he has at this point been punched in the face so hard by a robot because again hodge tells the robot break him and and this robot breaks him he and he is going to die there's he's not coming back even with that you end up having gray crow there's no getting up from that well you see that empath is a pretty kick butt here it looks like he's missing part of his jaw but he's still talking he's still there and he's laughing because he can't sense a mind in Cameron Hodge. Like I said, Cameron Hodge says, no, 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 I'm protected from that. Oh, blessed be thy father who has made me not able to be controlled by this nasty, stinking scumbag mutant. He's like, no, 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 it's not that. You're a robot. You're one of them. You're not Cameron Hodge. You're a robot. And Cameron Hodge flips out and says, how dare you? That is ridiculous. There's no way I'm going to prove it. And again, with these robots that are so literal, says, hey, robot, you know, I'm Cameron Hodge, right? And the robot says, statement value incorrect. And then he's like, what are you talking? Your algorithm is fragmented. This is nonsense. No, the answer is no. Then you end up where Cameron Hodge he is a robot, but he's taking it too far. At this point, get the hell out of there, Hodge. Just go. But the, while this is going on, Empath is laying there and thinks it's awesome because Hodge keeps upping the ante. And it's like, well, hey, robot, uh, if I am not Hodge, but in the meantime, you're not allowed to hurt Hodge, right? You're not allowed to do any physical harm. That's pretty much your prime. To, that is true. All right. Well, then shoot me. And he thinks that he's proving and, and also the idea that Empath's laying on the ground laughing, saying it's awesome. And, and it's just egging Hodge on to prove that he is right, to prove that he is Hodge. So he keeps saying, up, you know, well, if you can't hurt me, 
robot, then I'm going to tell you to hurt me and you will not be able to. And that'll prove that I'm Hodge. And then Empath, he'll die, but at least I'm right. This is a guy who has to be right. He says, well, then blast me. The, the robot hesitates. He's like, see, I told you. Take that, empath. That's because, and then boom, blast him. Just destroys him. And and then you see, he looks like Terminator now. He looks like the Terminator, he does. And so you have empath just laughing, laughing it up as Hodge is short-circuiting and just falls over. And he is done. And you end up having with that the Hodge mind terminates. So with the we've already seen with the two robots that were hanging loose that the Hodge mind without that, these robots aren't as bad. It it becomes like a you know, almost like a, a story of a pit bull. A pit bull itself is not nasty. It's what people do to it. And so you end up having these mutant hating robot Nazis. They're not really that without Hodge. So I do like this where they start to think for themselves now that the Hodge mind is down. Now you end up having Grey Crow go up to Empath and it's just like, hey, hey, Empath, uh, what is it going to be? The healing garden or the hatchery? And I like that statement. It's the hatchery. It is, he says, because Empath is dead again. And I just I hope that this is something I don't want it to happen every issue, but it makes me laugh. And I know or at least hope at one point Empath is just going to get so angry. Like, come on, everybody. Somebody else has to die here, not just me. But I do like that. Well, you then go quickly off to Nanny and Warchild in the ship. They end up blasting off and coming back to get the rest. Well, you end up having pretty much Havoc deal with this ending of the AI and things. So you end up having these mutant-hating robots that without the Hodgemine are starting to reprogram themselves and doing it while talking to Havoc, like Havoc, scumbag, mutant scum, uh, and have, whoa, 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 you know, we don't really like that. You know, okay, well, how about this? Havoc is friend, and he's like, oh my God, did you just call me a friend? And he's really enjoying this. And the idea that at this point, it does appear that these robots are going to go off and make their own kind of a robotic Krakoa. They'll be able to make their own little deal. They want to keep away from people. They want to kind of be with themselves, things like that. Well, unfortunately for them, and inside this Killbot factory that they've gone to of Hodges, Psylocke goes on the computer, looks up some things, and then also talks to Magneto through their connection and says, uh, yeah, and when when you end up having Greg Crow come in, what, what's up? Who are you talking to? Ah, I was talking to Magneto and things. Uh, yeah, we got to destroy these AI. Krakoa doesn't like evolving AI. It's a no-no. We have to destroy them. We're going to give them a virus. We're going to end up uploading a virus into them, and they'll just die, and that'll be that. No fuss, no muss. And Greg Crow realizes yeah, Silek, you're not really down with that, are you? You actually think of them as kind of living beings, don't you? And she's like, yeah, but we have to do what we got to do. And in a little deal of team building and, and stuff that does make you, you know, ingratiated to the team and Grey Crow, he says, no, 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 you don't want to do that. You go out just, you know, and I'll press the button. I'll do this for you. And it's really nice. It's a really nice thing in such a, Small little deal, um, but it does give you that team feel. Now, in the meantime, 
you end up having havoc. He's out there with these robots. And it's a very Frankenstein, you know, little girl moment with havoc being a little girl where these big monster things that were so awful are now friends. Me, friend, me. Oh, no. And they all blow up. They all just blow up. Because this, and then as they're doing, they're even talking as they go, Unimind corrupted, false value, mutant equals friend. And Havoc is so upset. He's looking at him. He's like aghast. He's in horror. And you end up having a narration from Nanny. And Nanny says, Well, I could make Havoc feel a lot better right now. You know, I could end up. Showing Alex something that would ease his mind Says it would be like putting a rattle to a baby's face It'd be just happiness Because she does have one of these robots One of these AI robots A little cute little deal Uh, And she has that and says God bless the orphans of the world What a gift to be their nanny So, But she says she can't trust them She can't trust Alex to not tell and whatnot And we get the idea that that's not allowed. You know, this AI stuff and all that is not allowed. So Nanny's going to cause a lot of problems, it seems. But that's what this team is all about, causing problems and, and trying to fix a little. But they are causing. So I love the art in it. And again, I like the humor of it. I don't necessarily think this is ever going to be the biggest book of the whole stable of X books. But I think that Seb Wells has fun with it not being that that he can have some fun and with that i think that this team and the stories and all that are some of the tighter stories because of that because they're not all over the place they're not you know setting up nonsense that doesn't pan out or not it's really well done and so with this and me having a smile on my face and then kind of really laughing at this ai i'm going to give this an eight out of ten I was going to go, I was going to be like a 7.5, but I'm going to go a little more positive just because I enjoyed talking about it. I like the little deal with even Greg Crow and Psylocke building the team. I love that Nanny and Wildchild, like, they're like best of buds that just keep running off and doing what they have to do, not messing around anymore. And Empath makes me laugh so much uh, with his nonsense uh, as well. So, yeah, I really, really like It's funny. The, the one person that I'm not necessarily digging on the team now, Psylocke, the only character besides Alex that I even knew coming into this book. And she's kind of just aside, kind of the leader type deal that they're not making her do a lot of the fun stuff. But I, I enjoyed this. So eight out of ten. I hope that you enjoyed me talking about it in a bit of a scattered way. And I, I always talk about it, but I, I continue to not be able to get my medicine for my ADHD, my doctor, I don't know, he's holding out on me, that guy. That jerk, right? Yeah, yeah, everybody's got to get a hold of him and say, listen, we need to have a more focused, focused podcast. You got to give him that medicine. And then I'd be like, wild child, I'd just write to it. Nanny and wild child, me, nanny and wild child, laser focused. But thanks for listening to this episode. I hope you enjoyed it. Uh, I'll probably be joined in the next couple of days by Ruben for us to do a little in-between bonus episode. That's the plan with Sword and Marauders. Some will be ca- caught up, catched up, caught up for next week. But in the meantime, we'll still have our regular episode on Wednesday with me, Clay, and Brandon. And then me and Matt doing 
our Star Wars episode that comes out on Saturday night. So thanks, everybody, for listening. Go over to that Twitter's WS Marvel Comics. And also, big shout-out to go over. And it'd be great if you'd subscribe. I, I Again, I end up going to YouTube, and it's the YouTube channel. You can just look up Weird Science Comics, and you'll find a bunch of video reviews and stuff. But I'm not... I said I'm not that savvy with the YouTube So I go over there I, I have all the best intentions I feel real positive I'm going to do something that's actually sparking me To do something a little different And I go and do it And then I put some stuff up thinking Man, people can... And then I start losing subscribers And it depresses me I don't know how to play the game I have no idea So yeah, I'm telling you One one person listening here going over to subscribe to Weird Science Comics would make my week, month, and maybe year. I'd be so happy. I get so happy and then get so dejected. It's a roller coaster ride of emotions going on here. But thanks, everybody. But yeah, go over to that YouTube, Weird Science Comics. I- I'm trying to convince, if you listen to the DC side of things as well, trying to convince Eric to do more videos of some of the books that he reviews on the site. And he won't because he keeps seeing things like people not subscribing and he uses that as an excuse. And like, ah, we need to up it. We need to bang. Everybody join up. Just subscribe. Even if you never even watch a video, I need to get those stats. I and pad the stats as much as you can. Get get other accounts on different browsers. Do it all. Vote early and often is what I'm saying. And then I can get Eric to do things. But thanks everybody. I hope you enjoyed listening to this. And I am going to go up and cry myself to sleep. See you in a couple days.